Welcome to RPG Hour. <laughs> Today is a review of the Dread RPG. I am Mr. RPG Hour. I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. I'm Jonathan Andrews. I'm Graham. And today we're joined by two amazing folks. My name's Emmett. Um, I'm Brittany. Uh, today we're talking about the actual play that we just finished uh, with the Dread RPG run by our very own Mrs. RPG Hour. I'm so sorry for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you uh, that are checking into this, because this does come out first, uh, Dread is an RPG that does not use dice, Does not. it also does not use cards. Instead, it uses a Jenga tower or something like pickup sticks, uh, something that's kind of an unusual. Yeah. yeah, alternate rules is pickup sticks. How fun is that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire point of the game is to instill a sense of dread. Uh, Suspense, it... terror. Yes. <laughs> the really terrifying. Grab that tile and hope it doesn't fall. I get it too Will attached to my player characters. It was really stressful for me. <laughs> to the theater near you. <laughs> so first off, I think we should do just a quick round robin of do you like a Jenga tower in place of dice as a suspense, thriller, horror mechanic? Personally, I do. Oh, I totally oh. love it. This is like my favorite game. <laughs> um, I liked it, but I mean... If I had a choice between dice and Jenga, I'd probably pick dice, but not for this game. For this game, this was fun, you know what I mean? But I probably wouldn't do it on another system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I just think like the, the addition of Jenga um, really creates the sense of, like, I don't really want to have to make a move, but if it will preserve my life, I will. And so <laughs> it, it, it kind of, like... Uh, makes you pick your actions very, very carefully. And I really do like that that aspect of it. But I think you can... I mean, I love dice. You know, for any other system, for, like, other than, like, horror, like, you know, dice all the way. But <laughs> for this, I really like this addition because it created, I guess, a sense of dread. <laughs> well, and it also creates a sense of accountability, which is particularly important in horror because you're about to die. And you didn't die because the dice rolled wrong. You died because you did crap on your Jenga pull. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it really relies on your manual dexterity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did like the fact that we had the Jenga because that made it very intense when you're trying to actually do your move. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about everybody else knocking the table while you're trying to do it. Yes, True. my my heartburn. <laughs> it's very intense for everyone. Being the only person that died uh, and got uh, to come that's back. Not oh, weird. got to come oh, back. Got to come back. <laughs> I died early enough that I got to come back. You were <laughs> intending to do that. I no, I really wasn't actually. So uh, I mean, that's that's kind of an optional thing. So. If your character dies, that's that's kind of it, usually. Um, but if your GM happens to have a spare character sheet... Or the scenario calls for it. Or the scenario calls for it. Um, you can be reintroduced in the game either as a separate character. But I do remember reading in the rules that you can, in kind of longer running stories, um, have them be dragged off somewhere or knocked unconscious that those are 
options, but for one shots, you're really looking for the most lethal campaign possible, which is hard for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, 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 I liked the fact that I could get back in and not just have to. I, I like the way that character creation goes for this one. And two, I like that it's so quick that I can immediately get back in, not have to, you know, all right, how did I get this character creation rule? All right, what's Speak that? Speak for yourself. It took me, like, 20 minutes to finish my character. Yeah, but you had it, like, why, like... There like, was no blank was, space exactly, on that character this is sheet. basic character creation, dude. So, so essentially, in the Game of Dread, um, each player is presented with a questionnaire. Um there are a couple options. You can have the questionnaire be the same for everyone and everyone just answers the way that they that they want. Um, or you can have character sheets that fit individual archetypes so that you can kind of guide your player into the kind of character that you need for the story, which is what I did here. Um, so it takes a minute because you want your, your players to be as detailed as possible to give you as much information to really come up with who their character is so that you can use it and influence the story as it develops. Normally, I like the generic character sheet. Everybody gets it. The same character sheet, everybody gets and goes. But there are some scenarios out there where I don't think that it would fit. And this is definitely one of those. Like, you definitely need, hey, this is the kind of roles that you could get at this company. Here's the kind of people that are going to be here. The day shift, the night shift. Um, uh, I kind of like that, that differentiation. Versus some of the other ones that you pick up, it's like, all right, everybody's a little kid. Just answer this in the best toddler version that you can. And, I love you know, that story, or, that campaign, um, though. There's another one that I found that was about animals. And so it's like, hey, you're a domesticated pet. Answer these questions as a domesticated pet. Um, and it's it's honestly like one of the most terrifying scenarios that I've ever read. I don't remember the name of it. But the idea for that pet one. Pet cemetery? No. <laughs> no. Um, basically, like, there's something that has, like, taken the owners of the house and you're the pets trying to figure out what happened. Oh. Uh. It, it was a fun scenario that I found. Jeez, and I was like, I kind of like this. But So how did you guys as players feel about the the survey? Like. The questionnaire? Yeah. I felt like, um, like there are, there are certain things that, that had been decided about my personality from the jump a little bit. Right. And, um, you know, I kind of appreciated that it like forced us to be different, but I also think like I can make a different character. Right. You know? like, yeah. I'm, I'm more than capable of making like a unique character. Right. Um, I thought it was cool because since there were so many different questions, we didn't know what each other's questions were. So you can't be like, well, I'll have this, but you can have this so that they can, like, work together. You know what I mean? You have to right. like, write down what you know. Like, you can share, but you're not going to read your whole list off. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And what's good for one character doesn't necessarily work for the other. Yeah. Um, the reason I kind of did archetype characters is because, well, just for this setting, um, I felt like it was important to have diversity. Um, and... I also felt like if you, I thought of it like a thinking exercise for the players is like, okay, read through these questions, figure out what archetype you are and how do you want to work off of this? So it kind of gave you a way to get inside your character um, before we actually started playing. You could kind of come up with, okay, the quirks and, you know, I came up with the basic frame and then you guys fleshed out yeah, yeah, the yeah. characters, which is 
way more work on the GM side. (laughs) 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 But I think in some instances, way worth it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played a one-shot. So that that could be (laughs) contributing to it. Yeah. One-shots, a lot of times you use pre-gens or things like that. Exactly, Just because you... it's. the idea is to try to be as pick up and go as possible. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess like for me, I really, <laughs> the character was a little too on the nose for me, for, for me. Cause I, I made it like this, uh, this guy originating from like Mormon, Idaho, you know, <laughs> like uh, he's, he's tired all the time and sleeps and slacks off and, I thought, like, well, in an escapist fantasy, I want to be... I want to escape from myself. I don't want to be me. You know? You could have traded character sheets. I mean, yeah, but, like, I was already... I was, I'd already were... put my mind into it. Like, this, yeah. is, this is me now. Or, or was me. I don't know. So, go ahead. I did like the character sheets. Um, I know what I wrote out was kind of bare minimal, but at the same time I was trying to take in the time period and time set for a female at right. that point in time with the job that she had to deal with along with the type of questions that were in there and how to handle the situation. Right. And I try to write these neutral, you know, as far as you could be a male character, you could be a female character. Um you know, just so that there wasn't, so that anybody could pick up the character sheets and go with however they wanted to do it. Oh, that's the, speaking of like, kind of in, as a counterpoint to my own argument of like, <laughs> I want, I could have made my own guy. Um, that whole moment with like Lyra would not have been able to happen if you didn't have like this this character like this this kind of uh envious character already set up well that's actually so well i i can't i I want to tell you guys all the things but i can't (laughs) why are we doing this again well you gotta remember the review episode that we're doing right now is going to come out before the actual play we just did Spoilers. Oh. But so now, but you didn't give away any spoilers, really. So okay. we're all right. So nobody knows what you're talking about. We're good. But I want to tell you guys all the things because I put so much work into it. I'm really oh, proud gosh. of it. You know, maybe we could we could have review part two. We'll just click the <laughs> click the tape and be like, now we can talk about we, what we really wanted to talk about. Spoilers. My only issue with it is like right at the end where it felt like we left a lot. We were yeah, we were a little rushed for time, and unfortunately, because I okay, so when I wrote this. I was kind of freaked out that I wouldn't have enough for you guys to do. And then you guys started doing all kinds of other stuff. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I have too much. What do I do? Pacing is hard. So that was, that was also like kind of my, my inexperience as a GM. So when you guys listen to the actual play, I apologize for literally everything. Oh, oh it, no, was it was great. It was great. It was great. She's really, really bad about self-deprecation. Like, it took a lot to get her to actually do this. I just... You you baited me with, like, one of my favorite games, and I was like, I want to do it. Dang. 
Okay, so list a few more of her favorite games so we can bait her some more. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Dragon Age RPG, ladies and gentlemen. Dragon Age RPG. Which we already are planning. Uh, anything by Palladium Games. Oh, yeah. That'll be good. Anything by Palladium oh, Games. Um, which actually... Uh, World of Darkness. Oh, yeah. World of Darkness. I love getting to play in World Old of World of Darkness and New World. You weren't a big fan of the in-between stuff. Wait, I'm uh, not as I'm not a big fan. Well, I'm not a big fan of the newer stuff. You like how Some quick the it. gameplay is. You like yeah, the but that's pretty much it. The world. Yeah, but like I mean, this. but anyway, we're we <laughs> off topic. We're really off, off topic. topic. All right. It's okay, we do this. I know we do. <laughs> Tangents are a thing that happen frequently. So. I'm hoping that she'll invite me back at some point. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. In no, fact, in fact. Uh, Are you kidding? Anybody that I scream at that doesn't run away is definitely in. That, scre- <laughs> that screams back in a convincing manner. Oh, man. It was great. So at some point we're doing an episode about table chemistry. If you'd love to come out for that. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Do we play a game along with it too? No, no, it's just no, a No, it's just episode. a discussion well, of... If, you're not, if that's not your thing, that's fine, but... We definitely I mean, want to have you back. I can always dial in. I have like a really, really good mic at home. Just as long as you don't dial it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so... Not, I'm not very uh, verbal and with it but i've never actually recorded before oh that's i mean that's fine i mean table chemistry can mean a very a lot of different things and i feel like (sighs) i feel like this group had a really good probably i allowed for too much but y'all had really good chemistry you guys clicked really well really quickly i let you guys play and settle into your characters a little too long (laughs) yeah and i should have really got you going but i that's that's on me um but, I mean, as far as how the... So, I'll say this. This is, like, my one of my favorite games. However, I do think the action stopping for a player to pull a tile can be a little jarring. And I'm sure there are people out there that can figure out how to do it without really kind of placing a halt on the game and, you know, have the tiles and you know the subsequent consequences of the tile pulls um but it does tend to pull people out of character or you know kind of put a halt to the action that's kind of one of the downsides to this game that being said i still really freaking love this game Mm -hmm. i mean i feel like maybe it won't translate as well um across an audio medium but like Watching someone fiddle with this tower, watching it jiggle and uh, watching yeah. it jiggle and like tilt back and forth, like it's awesome. I don't know. I think we were vocal enough for everyone at home <laughs> to like like all the oohs and the ahs and the ah, like and the me and the GM desperately begging you to decline the poll. Yes, yes, desperately exactly. begging. Cost, so. Well, I mean, like I feel like. I, I think, like, even the fact that it's not even, like, a real Jenga set, but it's, like, generic Jenga, even, like, work to, like, like, I know I, half of these things I would be able to pull on a normal yes. Jenga set, yes. and, like, I can't because they're, like, they're, like, stuck together. Like, yes. it's so nerve-wracking. The friction, the friction is intense with this one. Static friction is a... Is a, is a, is a, is a <laughs> 
So, uh, Dread kind of prides itself as a horror RPG, which is kind of, you know, obvious. Um, they have uh, five different types that they talk about in the book. Wait, can I count correctly? Sorry, six types. <laughs> I don't know, types. you couldn't count before. No, I don't. There's six types of games that they talk about. The suspenseful game, the supernatural game, the mad game, the moral game, the mysterious game, and the gory game. I think well, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We need six of these one shots, obviously. <laughs> so, wait, so five, is, six. <laughs> does the mad game have to do with like sanity? Oh, the cell. like is it sort of like <laughs> oh, like that would be awesome? No. Yeah, like sort of in like <laughs> oh, like Call of Duty, no. like uh, cosmic horror. Yeah, like cool you see gory. something and you <laughs> go a little bit crazier. Oh God, no, uh, Jacob's yes, but no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So when I was writing this, I was kind of taking tips and hints from each of the different sections. Not so much gore, because I don't personally, I don't really enjoy that as a horror genre. Um, but, but I was trying to be a little bit more on the descriptive side on certain things, just to kind of you know say, okay, yes, this is something you can do with it. Um, but I was trying to pull, you know, a little bit of supernatural, a little bit of suspense, a little bit of, you know, different things, you know, to just to make it more interesting and more dynamic of a game. And it gives you really good suggestions on how to do that. I didn't finish the GM section, but the GM section in that book is really The good. GM section is essentially the book. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's like the whole yeah, book. Uh-huh. Um, there's a little bit here on, like, how players can handle pulls and stuff. That's for the players, but literally everything else in the book is for the GM because I feel like the the GM has a lot of power as far as setting the stage, but it's really everything's on the players. Um, there's a lot of responsibility on setting the stage properly for the players, which is why it's it's a lot more work game pre- preparation wise for a GM. But I feel like the bulk of the story, the how everything turns out, how the feel of the story is 100% on the players. Mm-hmm. So to go back to it right quick, uh, Emmett, your question, <laughs> sort of the mad game is written in regards to like HP Lovecraft. That's Basically, bad. when the character, when the questionnaire is created or you grab a pre-done mad game, the idea is that each player uh, writes down a fear or fears or complications <laughs> that the characters have. And so the idea is that that gets drawn into the game. And so the game master is going to go back and is going to pull those in. Um, Periodically. Oh, I would love to play a mad game. That's a I <laughs> ended up playing a mad game just because I, I kind of knew where the story was already going because she was bouncing ideas off of me and being like, this is what I want to do. What do you think? Yeah, sure. When I got handed the character, one of the questions is, what are your five, top five greatest achievements? And I was like, how many characters are there again? That's going to be what it is. Because if I'm the animator, if I'm the artist, these are my greatest achievements. These are my... I didn't know how the direction the story was actually going to go. I didn't show on my GM notes. I, I had no clue directly where it was going to go. I just knew that we're working for a studio and these are the characters and that it's loosely based on this uh, game over here. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. I got this idea. So I basically was like, yeah, I'm going to do these characters slightly metagaming. And also at the same time, it's we're early 1920s where a lot of those animators and creators poured into their creations a bit of themselves. And so it was everything for them to have these characters go up on screen. So, 
no insult to non 1920s ins- innovators. No, but, but more modern day creators, it's it's they're getting they're getting something handed to them. They're creating those characters. They're putting it out. They might have another project that they're already looking to. Versus older studios, they held onto those characters a lot longer, and they that that was their lifeblood. Well, and, and a lot of times it's made by committee now. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. You get diverse input. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I Which know animator great. really likes that. <laughs> to be honest. Well, I mean, some do, some don't. But I mean, you know, I mean, it, back then it was it was your creation, your thing, and so I, that's what I kind of poured myself into on that, which kind of turned me into the mad stereotype for this because I was like, <laughs> I was like, crap, I know what's happening right now. This thing that we're about to encounter is my creation. You can take this part out if you want, but dear God, try. Oh. You made it so hard for me. I did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you made it so freaking hard. I was like, why are you barreling headfirst into danger? I am literally shining a spotlight on a safe direction to go. But you're like, nope, straight into the jaws of death. I'm like, okay, here we go. Because <laughs> we're breaking mentally. Like, you just yeah. showed me my creation come to life. This is why I guess uh, as an animator, like you're... <laughs> oh, Lord. The uh, dice tell you it's okay not to go crazy. <laughs> if I don't have sanity rolls, then I'm going insane, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go down that route. In Call of Cthulhu, I oftentimes am like, come on. I embrace the madness, and it embraces me. me. <laughs> yeah. I was born in the madness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um... Just the whole time. Is it so, Emmett? You have experience running games. Is this something you might introduce to some of your players? Oh, I'd introduce this to like my family. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, hold on. hold on. I got a question. I got a question. And um, we can. I can edit this out. I, I can end up editing this out, but um, oh, oh. I don't think you will. I think it's gonna have to. <laughs> Your family, is, yeah. is, is are they Mormon as well? Yeah, they are. Okay, well I asked because I know some All Mormons. Except my like, older sibling. Okay, I, I know some Mormons like they're the they're the only Mormon in their family or whatever. Um, I know a lot of Mormons shy away from horror and things like that. Like or the the Mormons that I've met, a lot of them that I've met, they're more about you know things that are going to happy them things, happy things and things like that. Oh, my mom would hate it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How many of them would actually enjoy the horror aspects? I think like uh, it'd be too scary for my mom. Uh, and it, and it's not like it's not like there's any problem with me playing going up and playing, you know, uh, a horror game, you know, especially a role-playing game cuz that induces us to see <laughs> but there's no real problem with that. It's just that, like, my mom, she can't even watch, like, scary movies, and especially the concept of gore is, like... Uh, can, can she even I watch the like... news? <laughs> oh, oh, no. She, she is so, like, tuned in. Okay, you know? I, was, I was trying to gauge, like, how, so, like, how crazy does she I don't go like, for? I, I have a hard time with certain horror movies. Um, gore, definitely right out. I can't, not, I'm not interested in that. It's probably about 60% of the time when I ask her to watch a horror film with me, it's a no. It's because you want to watch the ones that could, that have possible, they have, they could possibly plausibly happen in real life. And I am not interested in that. Or I've seen stills from the movie and it made me want to barf and I don't want to do that to myself. 
The only thing because I have a very visceral reaction to horror movies. Have like, you seen It Chapter Two yet? I haven't even seen the first one oh, because come on. I I watched the first one at the original It as a child. Um, then, That's why you don't like horror movies. No. Then shortly thereafter, I had a traumatic experience, oh. and I am actually very afraid of clowns. Gosh, like. Yes. Um, like my brain shuts down, I white out, cannot hear anything, just ringing sounds, and I, I, I drop. I can't, I can't do it. I don't even have a flight. It's not, it's not a fight or flight. It's a, I puddle. I puddle nice. where I'm at, and Ouch. just I'm I'm on the just ground, like and I'm I'm done. <laughs> I watch too many horror movies too early, so I either get extremely bored or I just sit there and start cracking up. Like Freddy like, versus but, Jason. Oh, okay, oh, those no, are no, 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 no. those are funny that, though. That one, I'll sit there and look at it, and it's like okay. This is the scene from the Adams family when they're chopping off limbs. Right. Well, like, but like supernatural horror where there's. I love that part in Adams family. To, too. Some, to some degree like of certainty. Like things? To like, yeah, like some degree of certainty, I can say this can never happen in real life. I'm totally fine with those. I love things like The Conjuring and like stuff like that. I. that Those don't bother me. I'm super into those. Um, Rosemary's Baby? I actually kind of liked that one. It was all right for the time frame. Um, but, like, can't do gore. Um, you basically will really only ever watch uh, things like Paranormal Activity. I freaking and, love those. Like, oh, those people are so dumb. I love it. The Conjuring. Oh you, you really only go for things like Ooh. Exorcist, Conjuring. Or Ghost Team 1. Guys, paranormal Activities, it'll be you like... You guys should really watch Ghost Team 1. Ghost Graham Team can't one. watch it. Graham really can't watch it. Uh, it. I would watch it by yourself first before you watch it with anybody else, Emmett. Oh, hello, to, boys. No, it's a stop. Just stop. That's so <laughs> creepy. So, no, but it's really good. It's a long... It's a comedy horror. Um, but it's still but kind it of does, creepy and scary. But it does, it does the horror really, really well, but, it ha- ah. but, it's, but it's funny. It's, yeah. like, super funny, but yeah. some of it's really freaking scary. Ah. Sounds um, like something my girlfriend would like. But it's, like, it's... It's awesome. Um, also, hold on, but I'm going to put a buffer zone right there. Just like the boys I did, there are some things that can be taken as slightly racist. Oh, very, very um, racist. And if you're a Mormon, and this has nothing to do with you being on the show, <laughs> but they get Mormons to perform the exorcism in there. Oh, God, I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. They totally do, and it's, and, it's and awful. Funny. Mormon church doesn't exactly have an exorcism ritual. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's kind of a different concept even the way we think about spirits yeah, yeah exactly and, and so the thing is it's like, it's real it's it's real bad it's real real bad but it's really funny too because there are some mexican characters in there and growing up around like my family dude mexican yes american like i'm sitting there and i'm like are they gonna go get a, a priest are they gonna go get a hey. priest are they gonna go get a, a are they gonna get a bru- so, are they so, gonna bruja uh, like what's happening like, what are they, they gonna, gonna do? do? No, and they then you're just like the Mormons that roam the streets. No, and then you're just like, and then you're just like, oh geez, like I swear to God, these could be my cousins. Oh no, like these legit could be my cousins. Real talk, down in like Mexico, in like Dfe, there's like 
tons of Mormon. There's like tons of oh. people named after Mormon. There's a bunch of like Hispanic people named Elder. Ah, like oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like I met a dude named Melchizedek. Like, <laughs> like, like you know. Wow. Like, there's a ton of like just Mormon influence down there. Kind of yeah. tying it back into our <laughs> original discussion, but I like the fact that this game gives you options. So, like, if you have people that aren't comfortable with certain scenarios or certain things, like, there's it's flexible. You can really customize the campaign horror-wise to what your players want and are expecting. And you can even kind of change it on the fly because of the tips and hints that they give you in the book. I really love the questionnaire in this. Now, I'm somebody who loves horror gaming in general. Um, Just about any horror system, sign me up. I love it. But with this system... Because the questionnaire gives you a way to express your character that is not limited to numbers, it lets you um, directly through character creation work the character flaws that are going to be very important in your horror story into character creation. I mean, any good horror game, your character is going to have flaws that are going to be played on, but in this one, it's front and center. Yeah, that's that's the entire game, which is great. Yeah. And it really, I feel like this game, I feel like a good chunk of role-playing groups should probably pick up this game and play it because it really helps you kind of come into a different mindset about creating a character because yeah. you're, you're really creating not just like a combat character, you're creating a person. Mm-hmm. And it really helps you, as a thinking exercise, just flesh out. I mean, honestly, using surveys in other systems or questionnaires in other systems would be a fantastic way for people to put their character together Mm -hmm. in a way that they can believably roleplay it. Oh, and I apologize for the bare minimum I did on my character sheet. You always go over the top. Um, But But it was so good. It was so good. And you had the perfect solution on your character sheet. And I kept looking at you like, come on, man, look at your character sheet. Come on, man, do it. And you didn't. No, I'm going to have to, like, ask what you mean by that at all. I think that's going to be something we have to do off mic. Yes. Yeah. I'll say this, though. Even if if you're out there and you're like, this is not a game that I would want to play or whatever, and you've read... um, uh, Jonathan's talk on questionnaires, and I don't remember if I've actually posted mine yet about questionnaires or not. I don't think I have, because I do mine a little bit differently than he does. It's very in the same vein. If you're going to do questionnaires for your game, pick this game up. Honestly, pick it up, because each of the six different styles that they talk about... $12 on DriveThruRPG right now. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's only $12. It's 100 pages. So to talk about the price... It's It's a a quick read. It's 100 pages. But... um, the, the cool thing about it is, is that it, it doesn't just say, hey, here's how to make questionnaires. Each of the six different types that are in there, it talks about how to kind of tailor the questionnaire to that style. And so you can go in there and be like, okay, my game is going to have some suspense or it's going to be a little gory or whatever. You can go in there and be like, okay, it talks that I need to have this. It talks about this. And you can kind of make questionnaires. Um, and if you have no clue what we're talking about for questionnaires... Go to rpghour.com, go over to the blogs, go to Our Thoughts, and scroll down until you find the questionnaire post. <laughs> it's, um, I thought you were going to put those in a central location. <laughs> all the links. What are you Cl- talking about? Click on all the, the things. The, the questionnaires. Didn't you have a central location for those? Yeah, but that's, that, that, that's 
but reading your post along with the questionnaires oh. is a good thing to do as well. Well, yes. Yeah. So. Please read my posts. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is, a, because it's a horror game, I think it's a really good, um, a really good system to introduce your players or, you know, think about implementing. I didn't do it this time because it was, it would be a lot of work, a lot more work, but the idea of content um, that I did my blog post on, because it is horror, because people can get really freaked out and like mm -hmm. really have issues with some things that may be happening in the campaign, I think it's a really, it's a good example of a campaign that you really should talk to your players about kind of what we're doing beforehand. I mean, I gave you guys kind of the synopsis of the game and everything, and everyone seemed pretty okay with that and weren't going to have any issues, so we move forward but at least having that I did that... not consent to monsters eating me I remember not, I remember not consenting to that <laughs> <laughs> I thought like oh, good prevails love <laughs> prevails love and goodness always and horror sure um, but I, England I, prevails <laughs> oh jeez um, that would actually be really interesting in this system yeah I feel like that's a callback to something I have no idea V for Vendetta V for Vendetta oh, oh yeah <laughs> and it's always incredible. Thank you, Ellen Moore. We love you. The suspense playbook. Oh yeah, right? definitely. It, that would be really good if someone wanted to write that. <laughs> yeah, As not me. Someone, <laughs> someone else write that someone and like else. send us it. So something that has been kind of a, a long running gag by me, but taken a little more seriously by Jonathan. <laughs> um, we're gonna round table, um, but we're gonna start with Brittany, so that Jonathan is the last person. <laughs> yes, I like it already. <laughs> um, do you feel this is better suited for one shots or mm -hmm. short campaigns or long campaigns or all the above? Mm, for this particular game, I probably would have done a, a mini series, I guess, like mm -hmm. like a shorter campaign. A short campaign, but not a one shot because mm -hmm. of how things. That was my bad. I got I got I got excited guys I got real excited about what was happening so with knowing the book the way that I do I, I definitely say this is for all one shots short term campaigns and long term campaigns just for how they describe it all out I do have to say if you're going to run a long term campaign there's some things that you have to kind of be prepared for that the players have to be prepared for but I thought for sure you were going to say the F word I don't know. Oh, is, oh is no. I am guys? trying to actively not say the F word, even though you're making a T-shirt But how can we have a fluff count if you don't say fluff? <laughs> exactly. You're killing the meme, man. You're killing the meme. Fluff count ends. One. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually several. He said it a couple of times. Um, I, I personally think it's probably best suited for... I feel like you could probably do really good one-shots if you have a GM that doesn't get overexcited. I've used other <laughs> campaign like setting materials and done some pretty successful one-shots. The pacing was pretty okay and you know, I was able to get everybody where I needed them to go and and things like that. Um I got way too excited about this one, guys. I <laughs> and I the my bad. But I don't know if I could do this as a long-term campaign. Even with a lot of the material that I've put together and, and things like that, I don't think it would last more than maybe... 
at the most four or five sessions at the figured, very very I most three yeah yeah i, I was three. being generous you guys you guys were all over the place, man. <laughs> I mean, we could just we could just sit and, and fight over my gun, you know. And... Into Ignatium, yes. Yeah. So, Graham, how do you feel? One shots, um, short campaigns, no. long campaigns. I, we could never do a one shot on this because, like, we well, spent this was the a one first. Shot. No, but I mean, like, like a one one shot. You know what I mean? Like, like one like, episode, like two one hours. shot. Well, yeah. that, uh, well one, one shot are really just like one, one setting. No, like, no, I, I get what he's saying. It's just like everybody sit down and nobody moves until exactly, it's all yeah, done. Yeah, wow. One shot. Yeah. Because we spent like the breaks. first episode getting tangled in pipes. Well, yeah, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, but that's not what a one shot is. A one shot is a one hour of play. Like a one what shot we did is, is like... one shot. Sure, it's four oh. different hours and episodes. This is a one shot. We're not going to come back to it. Oh, right. Oh, so okay. it's not something that's going to be continuing. So basically, it's where you can start a story and end a story in one session. Okay, that's yeah, what I, tell I you would every say your birthday sessions or one shots. Yeah, okay. So I would say like a one shot, but definitely not like a long series. What about a short campaign? Um, yeah, I do a short campaign, but not a long, because after a while, like it got scary because we did it like all happening very fast. You know what I mean? But this was a one shot, so if we did it with like drawing long, it out, yeah, it, it wouldn't be scary after a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like you'd already expected. I can see maybe like this, like um, like we already like got through thriller? three out of five characters. You know what I mean? In a one shot, so imagine how long we would have to be dealing with each character if we did it in a long series. You know what I mean? I mean, I have to echo, echo his words. Like I think like short campaign, one shot, but like long campaign, I just think. The, the lethality and the suspense, like, I, I understand you got to balance those things, but, like, I feel like if we're not constantly, like, at threat of our lives, mm-hmm. like, the tension just is not there at the same level. Well, but, you know, before we give Jonathan his full chance right quick, <laughs> I'm going to say something that I do feel that would go really well is actually a slasher-style gore, a long-term campaign with that, because basically the characters are ramped up, and then you have some downtime, some downplay where the characters can gotcha, then build gotcha. it back yeah, up yeah, yeah. and boom. And so if you do it like a continuing story, like here's Friday the 13th, one, two, three, four, and you're doing that in... Did any of those have the same characters, though? Yeah, well... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the first one is his mom. The right. second one is sort of... Oh, no, I'm not talking about the slasher. That's the bad guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but, but the final girl in, in some of these stories does continue on. Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween, Halloween series. Yeah. You know, There are some final girls that last, so you could basically treat the group as a revolving door where maybe one of the characters is the final girl or the final guy or final person and that person is the continuing story it's a new group of friends it's their kids uh, I get it's, you I get you so, like Final Destination uh, yeah like yeah. Final Destination it's sort like, of like a conti- oh, like like instead of like a long running campaign you have to think about it it's like oh this time she's taking revenge yeah well I mean it'd still be a long term campaign yeah it's but, just not necessarily the same characters every single time I like, think that it could definitely lend itself to that but like I think gore is kind of one of the easier ones to do that with um, because you could slide suspense and thrill in there at different points, ramp it up, and then you know you can come to the end of the night and the next time everybody shows up, it's you know a whole new little segment in that story. You know, act one is a whole you know four to six hours and act two is the next session and 
What, uh, what is a long campaign but a series of one shots? <laughs> <laughs> in some games, yes. In some games, I, yes. I but... think that it lends itself to that. Can I talk now? <laughs> yes. Oh no, we have to discuss a, a, a bit longer. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Supernatural campaign seven seals. You're trying to seal those seven seals of hell from the book of Revelation. You have to seal each seal. You have the same characters as an investigative team. Oh. And you're going and doing this. Now, character development in this game is wicked cool because whenever you accomplish a task, you're writing stuff on your character sheet saying, oh, now I can speak Latin is the example they have in the, in the rule book. Or... Uh, I backed out of a fight against a zombie. I have a thing against zombies now. So you're tracking this progress you're making through each Jenga pull on your character sheet, and that's expanding your character and letting you know your character better. And that's really, really dope. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is awesome. Well, it, it basically, you're taking any notes that it, most... I like, I'd like to say most players do, but as some players take notes during their camp, the as game that they're playing, should. as players should, uh, you know, I mean, I had, a, I had a lot of little notes on my note card, which is why I gave everybody a notes card, but that, I mean, that's what this game does, is it directly takes those notes, and it's like, that's now a thing. Right, that's, now, and now you get mechanical benefits for that. Yeah. Next time you can say, I'm good with this, so I don't need to make a pull. Yeah. So, that's what makes this worth playing in a long campaign, is you get to do cool stuff like that. Which now, she... if you're playing in a horror, in an extended horror story, like uh, tracking down arcane tomes for a Cthulhu, Cthuloid uh, kind of story, or, like I said, the Seven Seals for, a, for an exorcist Catholic-style story, um, you, can, you can do that in this game, and it could be awesome. But it would have to be a very particular type of game. Personally, when I was thinking, when, when uh, Larry first asked the question, I was going to agree with Liza. What's your name? Brittany. Brittany, sorry. You're not Liza. <laughs> and I was going to say a, a short campaign because that's the easy way to do it. And it would, be, it would lend itself really well to that. Just first thing in your head. But you could absolutely do this in a long-term long campaign, and it would be so cool. And I'll say this, but although we didn't directly keep track of things, Chelsea was keeping track of that stuff and having it affect our pulls later, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So we didn't have to pull for things that we would have had to have pulled for earlier in the story because she was already accounting for that, so... Well, when the tower topples, you don't necessarily die from it. You're removed from the story. And in a long-term campaign, that would come into play a lot more. In a one-shot, yeah. you're probably going to die. Yeah, yeah. the one-shot <laughs> probably means death. But in something... That's, like, if we were going to be doing this as a longer-term campaign on a couple of those polls, it would have just been an in-cap. It would not have been death. Well, for, for like, the seven seals that Jonathan's talking about, the Jesuit priest injures themselves and now is taking up a parish position instead, or they're called back because something has gone on and their position is needed elsewhere. And or they're so, just stuck in the hospital for two or, Yeah, they're stuck in the <laughs> right. hospital. They were they were badly injured, and now they're... Helping from a distance, but not actually active in the action. Or they're just kidnapped for a time. Oh, that that's a cool. good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or t 
tied up and stuffed in a closet somewhere. Hide in a closet. <laughs> that reminds me of. The, did you guys ever play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, video game? Oh, yes. which one? The, the the very first one, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game for the NES. Oh, I played the fourth so one. You die, and then. You, you, your friends can find you later tied up in a closet. <laughs> or the it's like greatest left for dead or something. Yeah. You know, you're you, just, you, you come back here in, in the closet. Yeah, that would that, be a good example. That's absolutely a lost pole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um, I think that this would lend itself to something like the Left 4 Dead video game series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you're, you're very much just like... I, 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 I jump down to the next area. All right, let's see what kind of character you... Nope, make a pull. That's not something your character can survive from. Um, I actually did take a little bit of inspiration mechanic-wise from <laughs> Left 4 Dead. Really? And, like, the like progress triggers and stuff. Oh, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and so, like, how if you... At a certain point in time, if you make it past a certain point, you trigger a tank. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I can't get into any details. Right, but, like... but yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about alternate methods right quick. Um, so obviously there's the easiest one that the book goes to, which is um, uh, topper or uh, pick up sticks. Uh, sorry, topple or pick up sticks. Um, another one that is interesting that you could do would be like kerplunk. Um, oh, what about... Um... What about Don't Break the Ice? Don't Break the Ice. There's a lot of board games <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you've got those on your shelf, pull that or off. Operation. Even. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and depending on like how lethal you want your pulls to be. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of other things. Oh, oh look, you be... lost your rib. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one that the book talks about that actually does employ dice. And it em- employs dice in an, in an absolutely crazy way. What you do is you make a... Um, you make a, you take your D6 and it shows you a pattern to make, which creates five squares on a, uh, in the table. And then you can grab any dice that you want as long, any number and shape that it has, as long as it has numbers on it and you roll. And if you get a one, two, three, or four or five, you put it stacking on that. Oh. Ooh. Or if you get above a five, you choose which one it goes on. Oh. Which means for those of you that cool. have tons of dice, can pour the dice out, stack a d12 on there, a d8, things like that, and you that choose would be where it goes. Because <laughs> the point is, it's still a stacking game, and eventually it's going to knock over. Yeah. A lot quicker than... Ooh. You would have to be really strategic about how how many dice you started to stack on the different numbers, what types of die. Yeah, but depending on what you roll, you might not have a choice. That's true. Or you could have a, <laughs> but a, it's a like... six to start another stack, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't suggest that. It suggests only having the five. Having the initial five, and then, but if you just if you just were rolling sixes, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a decently <laughs> stable little stack for a while, <laughs> potentially. Well, potentially. with the six or higher, you choose which of those one through no, five. No, no, I'm saying it. if you use d sixes, if you just roll oh, yeah, d yeah, sixes, yeah, yeah, yeah. since you could choose oh, which yeah. die you're doing, if you just choose, say, like, if you yeah. just choose d sixes, it's a pretty stable tower for a while. Yeah. Until you run out of d sixes and have um, to use something else. So for those of you out there that really oh, yeah. like to, to d fours, yeah, d twelves. <laughs> Yeah. For those dice stackers out there. <laughs> How would you stack a D4? Uh, that's the point. For those of you that are dice stackers out there, you might want to try this alternate rule just to, you know, upset just to the rest experiment. of your table. Like. Oh, geez. If you really wanted to, like, force the action to someone's removal from the game, 
every time you had to do something, you could just roll d4s and cap everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the last move you get against this thing. You get against that number. Of course, you wouldn't get anything over a six. It would just be, you'd basically be cutting your fields, you know, you'd have two numbers you could do. Maybe. Gotcha. So to talk about some things in the book right quick, um... It, it, it's mostly about how to run the game more from a GM perspective. Um, it, it, there's roughly about 10 pages for the rules. Um, and then there's roughly about eight for uh, the character question stuff. And then from page 28 uh, to 67 is all about the genre types. Uh, your suspenseful games, supernatural, mad, moral, mysterious, and gory games. Uh, and then from 68 to 69 is your alternate methods. And then starting at page 70 until the end of the book, which there's only 100 pages in this, it's, it's uh, some stories already pre-created for you, ready to go. And there's three of them. Um, and beneath the Full Moon, Beneath a Metal Sky, and Beneath the Mask. Um, and so there, there's already, if you're, if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to want to run this, I don't know what I'm going to do. First off, it's only $12 for the book. Second off, there's already three pre-generated little games in here for you. Do they so, have the uh, questionnaires for them too? I'd assume so. It's been a while since I've actually looked at those. Um, I think they do. Um, and honestly, if you are a horror GM, even if you never ever want to play this game, you should probably read the GM section in this book because it is so good. Yeah, it it's, it's really good. I'm usually not super into reading rule books and stuff, and like, <laughs> I just give me the Cliff Notes version so I know what I'm how to play and what I'm doing. Kind of player, which is horrible and lazy and you should never be like that you should be way more into the system than i am usually but i really enjoyed reading this one because it was just like gave you so many good ideas so many cool tips and tricks and things that you could do to your players and it was just it's great i liked it a lot i don't think anyone's really into reading real books like you want to are you kidding me (laughs) are you for real like you read a real rule Yes. You read yes. a rule book because you want to play a game. I write rules on Saturday. Boy. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if you're so keen on the rules, why don't you just write your own system? They, they, I've written five. <laughs> I'm currently at nine. And only four of those are completely finished. Have you ever considered writing a universal system? <laughs> yes and no. I'm not a big fan of universal systems. That's a whole huge can of worms. You just don't, opened don't, don't but, started on that. But, 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 Jonathan and I are working on a universal system right now. Together, I thought so. so. When I saw your panel, I thought that was something you were Actually, doing. Actually, it happened after the panel. <laughs> well, I, it, was, it, was, it was rotating, and I, I think I might have asked that at the panel. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Something about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your question, yes. The characters are actually kind of... Uh, strewn through the uh, the first game which is beneath the full moon okay um there's a little like subsection just in areas and it's like character one character two and uh they've got about 10 questions one two three four i also five, shortened six, my questionnaire seven, eight, so that it wouldn't nine, be too ten, much information 11, 12, 13 to try to be figuring out of course it still took forever <laughs> so that it wouldn't take the whole episode for us to write down our characters <laughs> to be to be fair though like they're her questions 
are not as not as this is your character as some of the other ones are. Yeah. Um, it was more of a guess what you are, and uh, I'll give you a vague description of it that you can figure out well, through all questions. Kind of, a lot of them, a lot of them, they don't detail what the character is. They're just like, hey, here's a questionnaire, answer it. Uh, like beneath the full moon, character one. Unlike most philosophy majors, you choose your major for practical reasons. Yeah. How do you intend to use your degree? And then it goes on, like, you know, uh, why did you join and live in a Greek house? Like, bam, right there, you're already in Greek life. Like, it doesn't give you a choice. Like, it, it's very well, detailed. And it's very intentional. Yes. That's, how did your first pet die is another one of the questions on this one. Which so. is a, one of the ones is a little more vague. You can kind of play with how you want. That's kind of what I was trying to do with my questionnaires. I was trying to kind of get you in the mindset of, okay, this is who your character is. What makes them your character? I guess that's true. Like, you could have gone completely off the rails with it if you had really been thought and been been cerebral about it. But, since it was on your character sheet, the GM could still say you have that ability and you don't have to make a Jenga pull because I said that you could Dang. shoot guns. <laughs> if only I had, like, rocket launcher arms, <laughs> mandatory uh, outfit for the Night Watch. Well, the GM can <clears throat> veto stuff. <laughs> Jetpack. <laughs> no. Gravity boots. It could be like, ex, like you know, fake, like because they uh, would just be regular boots, like animation studio. Ah, <laughs> jetpack boots. Like, wow, you have this As drawn on the rocket pack on the back that the they make you wear. The rocket pack would be pushing it because <laughs> if you think about it, rocketeer happened during Nazi. That's time true. Too. It would be pretty close to something that yeah. I maybe could allow, but eh, no. I don't think you'd give it to a, a uh, night no. watchman. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. Maybe like a soldier. <laughs> yes, I'm a night watchman, but really, I'm James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're coming to the end of everything. Uh, like I said earlier, a one to five rating. Um, Dread. One, I'm biased because horror games. That's kind of my bread and butter. Uh, I end up running a lot of fantasy games, but they're not honestly my favorite thing to run. I love running horror. I love running science fiction. I love running modern spy type stuff. Um, but uh, out of the gate, instantly, Dread is actually a five stars for me. Wow. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things. It's one of the few games that gets five stars, <laughs> but it's it's... If I were to actually start comparing it to a lot of other systems, it would kind of drop down. But Dread as itself, I can't really poke holes in it. There's really not much that I can do that really draws me away from it. It's a complete system to me. It's got everything that I'm looking for for a horror game. Um, and it's it's one of those things that, like, there's the mechanics are simple. The character creation is simple. Everything about this is fantastic. For players. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, even for the GMs, I've written a couple scenarios that I might put out on the website at some point, but... <laughs> what about you? So I don't I don't really like giving fives because I feel like everything has thing pros and cons, room for potential improvement. A five is not a perfect game. Things a five like is that. a game that you would play any time, any day of the week, with any crowd. I wouldn't necessarily play it with any crowd. Is this That's a four point five for you then? Huh? Is this a four point five for you then? <laughs> <laughs> See, no, we need a, a ten point, point scale. It's a four point zero seven 
Okay. <laughs> You're one of those, huh? So, no. yeah. <laughs> it's a 4.5? We have to hear you say it. I'm not saying it. <laughs> Moving on to Graham. Yes. <laughs> but I'm not actually Ladies saying it. I am not actually saying it. It is not, it is not coming out of... Is this, is this like switching over to metric? It like, is not coming out of my mouth. What is not coming out of your mouth? The thing. <laughs> All right, Graham, what do you Graham, how do you feel about it? I'd say... And why is that? Huh? Why is that? Um, he's also into solid numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't like 4.5. Um, I liked it. <laughs> I think it was fun, but, like, it was easy, but it was, like, too easy at the same time. Like, it made you think a lot more, but, like, when you have dice, you have to do a lot more. You know what I mean? And you like to do a lot more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did mention he likes dice. Maybe uh, we'll do the dice stacking version next time. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, as for me, I'd, I'd give it a, a 4.5. Because kind of for the same reasons, uh, like, this is great. If you if you have good players, perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You know, but but if you, if, you, if you have, like, you know, people who are less willing to role play, because this is maybe, like, a step up in, in terms of, like, difficulty from... That first game we played in, in, like in uh, you so after, after the panel, it's like a step up in like in terms of like getting people to role play. Oh, fantasy, fantasy, yeah, because it was very easy to to like role play. It requires it. Mm-hmm. Um, this but, is like the next level of requiring. Yes, exactly. Like that would be like oh, you know, introducing your parents who've never played like a tabletop RPG and this is like mm-hmm. maybe the next step after you've done that mm-hmm. um, so yeah 4.5 okay so for what it is I love this system and I would be happy to play it at any point however the failing of it is left for dead I want to be able to headshot multiple zombies all the time from the safety of a roof. And that's not a pull, and it wouldn't really have much effect in the narrative. So if I'm not rolling dice for it, then it doesn't make a whole lot of that's true. impact in this game. So for fighting heavy games, for games where you're shooting at things, uh, for games where you're trying to hold off waves of monsters with guns... It's not really the very good system for that. You could work it in there somehow, and you could you could you could accomplish it, but it's not built for that. And so, those games are really fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess true. like survival horror instead of like a lot of other kinds well, of horror. I mean, for for intense character horror, this is perfect for dramatic horror this is yeah. perfect yeah but for combat it's, horror it's not it's designed not, for combat horror or no. for, for anything for, combat really yeah so i can't give it a five because of that but i will give it a 4.5 because i love the game and i love the system you just want to be a murder hobo <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yes a spooky murder hobo <laughs> is that the delta green it's the thing that's true god yes <laughs> what do you think Brittany? 4.25. Mm. Oh, yeah. you're one of those, huh? <laughs> I'm so disappointed. 
Yeah. Right, so so we, we, we only do the whole number or the point five. Uh, we, we try to stick to that. Uh, no, no, you <laughs> opened it up to decimals, so that's totally We have a reason plausible. for trying to stick to that little bit of just variance, and that was your call. I don't. I, know, I didn't want I know. to begin like with. We change it to a D20 scale. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the 4.5 is a compromise in and of itself. Like, this yeah. is stop you from 4.1-ing it. I think know? 5 would be, like, the perfect thing. 4.5 would be just above, or just below that. And <laughs> giving it a 4 itself does not do as well. So I was kind of stuck in between the 4 and a 4.5. So no, my compromise too. was right in between. Fair enough. I, I feel that. <laughs> so if you're looking for the game, you can find it on DriveThruRPG. As we already said, uh, oh. it's about $12. Was it rated on DriveThruRPG? It is, and I'm getting to that. Jeez, uh, <laughs> uh, so let over... talk. <laughs> no. Uh, so our everybody who's bought the game so far, it looks like it's had 68 ratings. Nice. Um, it's uh, at a 4.8 out of 5. Wow. So it's it's got like really, really high. It, the lowest game. rating that anybody's yeah. given it is a three. Nice. And that was two people. Because there are lots of trolls out there who love giving games awards. <laughs> yes. And they are wrong. <laughs> our friends, Not always. Our friends over no, no, no. RPG the people Geek. that rated it a three. Oh. They are wrong. <laughs> yep. yes. Our friends over RPG Geek, they do a one to ten scale. There's been 128 ratings over there. Great. It receives Fire. a 7.94 over there. Gotcha. So I just like I want to emphasize like you should if you like role playing at all you should or or horror at all I should say role playing horror specifically you should give this game a try it's like definitely it's not oh, yeah. hard no it won't take too much time you know if you if you want to like run super lethal with it <laughs> I like this game in that. I think it's a good exercise for players in general because it forces you to to actually role play. Yeah. And developing those skills is important if you want to create a rich character or, and have a, a really fulfilling, rich game. So And a lot of fun. And Yeah, a lot of freaking fun. <laughs> Learn to role play. Learn to role play well. It's important. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of us today. I uh, hope you enjoyed our review of Dread. Come and check us out in the following days and the following weeks for our actual play of it. Uh, once again, we are RPG Hour. You can find us at RPGHour.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Kofi, Coffee, however you say it, Patreon, <laughs> Instagram, all of those are at RPG Hour. Give, please give us a five-star rating so that we can reach more people, so that more people will listen to us. <laughs> You can email any complaints that you have or any questions or comments or concerns to the RPGHour at gmail.com. Why would you even open us to open yeah, us up to that kind of negativity in say. our life? Send all the bad stuff to the email. Send all the good stuff to the ratings. Constructive comments. Yes. Constructive send us criticism. constructive comments. Um, anything else can go to our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find our direct emails on the website. Uh, those are at RPGHour.com emails. And... Quick reference to the emails on our website. If you would like to be a special guest, like Brittany and Emmett, um, you must please, be local to Central Texas. Preferred, well, unless we'll unless you willing, yeah, yeah unless you're willing to travel, which would be cool. Um, we'd love to meet you. Um, go ahead and reach out to me, Mrs. RPG Hour at rpghour.com. Um, I'm constantly looking for people to join us at the table. 
Um, Emmett and Brittany were kind enough to indulge us today, which I totally am super stoked about. Uh, drive two hours. And yeah. you are the best. Uh, and we love you. We fed you as a thank you. <laughs> well, I feed, try to feed people anyway. Yeah. Um, but Shh. we are... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you are wanting to join us on one of our games, that we'd be totally stoked to have you. Thrilled. Thank you so much, and until the dice roll again. <laughs>